Well, hello and welcome back for episode 18 of the Path Podcast. We are glad that you've decided to join us. I am Jason. Hey, I'm Derek. You know, I can't help but think at this moment, uh, the song that pops into my head is Reunited and it feels so good. Um, <laughs> it, it is good to be recording this in the same room as you again. Yes, yeah. Uh, which is exciting uh, on several different levels. But um, looking forward to, to what we've got to talk about today. But um, I, I was going to give you the opportunity first to just, you want to remind everybody kind of what's coming up in the weeks ahead for us as a church. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, on May 27th, that's the first big day you need to kind of mark on your calendars. Yeah. We, uh, we're calling that FaceTime. It, we basically, our staff, we were ready to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're eager to speak with you, pray over you. Uh, we can't shake your hand and hug you. We'd love to do that. We yeah. feel like that's probably not appropriate uh, for a little while longer, but uh, we can see you. So that's right. that Wednesday night, uh, instead of us broadcasting for you to watch in your homes, we'd love for you to come up to the church and uh, kind of circle through our parking lot. And uh, myself and Jason and Roger and Christy are all there. And we want to see your your <laughs> smiling faces. We want to we want to get to uh, see you face-to-face, so uh, May 27th, so Wednesday night, and that is uh, 6 to 7 p.m. that night, so yeah. uh, it's a short window, so you'll need to come out uh, fairly close to the beginning, probably, yeah. if you don't want to wait a long time. That's right. And who knows, no one may come at all, and it may, may be the first We may want to see everybody, and may, everybody may <clears> not Maybe, see they us. may yeah. not. So... <laughs> We will continue to remain socially distant and those mm-hmm. kind of things, uh, which is why we'll do it while you're in your car and not um, any other way. Uh, I will say that we um, will have sign-ups available at that event yeah. for your uh, May 31st worship time slots. Uh, and then we'll also have, um, if you pre-order a t-shirt or a hat or a set, yeah, uh, you can pick those up that night. So if you haven't you know, you've ordered those, or if you'd like to order them, and you don't know when you're going to pick them up, just wait till then. You can pick them up there. Yeah. We'll have someone that's uh, there handing those out for us and helping us get those to you. So come on out, May 27th. I think it's going to be a, a fun time yeah. uh, as we get prepared to be back together and to regather. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to number two, that uh, event that you need to mark on your calendar is regather, and that's what we're calling our services uh for the foreseeable future yeah uh, as we're gathering back together again after a long time apart and so uh we would uh that's may 31st uh sunday may 31st there's going to be two services nine o'clock and 10 30. we are taking every precaution that is recommended we are we are we are taking that precaution and so um and, and so we but we will have services in person that day in addition to having an online service. So if you're still concerned <clears throat> for your own health or you know um, anything like that, you can certainly still watch online. In fact, we encourage you if you've had any kind of respiratory uh, illness or um, um, symptoms for the past 14 days, we encourage you to stay home until you've you've not had those and the symptoms from those for 14 days. So, uh, but. You know, that's, you know, we get lost in the details. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. that people are actually going to be in our sanctuary again as we sing songs and as we yeah. um, uh, and as we share in God's word, because that is 
<clears throat> one of the most stark difficulties for me personally, I don't know yeah. about you, but is is to be there uh, in the sanctuary and look out and it's empty. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm tired of always preaching to a screen only. Yeah. I'm ready for uh, some uh, good old red blood cells to be in the <laughs> yeah. pews. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the the uh, the bodies that house those. I, I I'm excited about that. So. Yeah, me too. I, you know, there's there's something really special that happens when God's people get together. And mm-hmm. um, for me, as as a worship pastor, I thrive on being able to hear other people worship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't. I I didn't realize how much I thrived on that until it was gone. Right. Uh, and so I I cannot tell you just for the sake of being able to hear you guys sing again. Um, whether you think you sing well or not, to me, it sounds beautiful. And so <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, it's just one of those things that I've missed so terribly over the last couple of months. But um, really looking forward to that. So beginning May 18th, that's yep. um, a Monday uh, morning at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Or I may have said 9, so it's 9 or 10. Yeah. I don't have that right one in front of, of me. Times. Yeah, <laughs> uh, But you'll get a notification about that. Uh, and so you will... Um, pre-register for the one you want to come to. Uh, we have to limit it based off of, uh, uh, we've done a lot of measuring and calculating. Yeah. So my brain hurts, but yeah. but uh, we feel like uh, we'd be able to meet those social distancing guidelines uh, with uh, limiting those services to 125 people. And so we need you to pre-register so we can determine if we need to open up some overflow or possibly a third service. So yeah. <clears throat> Uh, we have those contingency plans in case we think probably, uh, you know, that we'd be able to do that um, uh, at the two services. But w- we yeah. can see, you know, we're there's a lot of things we're still learning as we figure these things out. So, but uh, you'll see that uh, coming to you in an email uh, if you're signed up for our loop in the te- uh, in the loop text messaging, you would receive that as well through that. Uh, if you do have, have no clue what that is about, uh, there's going to be a number on your screen right now, and you're going to text LOOP, L-O-O-P, to that number. And uh, that will get you in there. Uh, I know a lot of you haven't because there's only 24 people in there. So uh, we need we need to get more people signed up for that because uh, we're, we're really planning on doing a lot of notifications through that texting yeah. uh, capacity and capability. So... Uh, feel free to text that loop. It'll prompt you all the things that you need to do there. So, yeah, absolutely. And you'll there'll be you'll get some more information about that uh, on Facebook in the days ahead as well. That um, just to sign up because we'd like to be able to communicate with you, and we know that we have to do that differently mm-hmm. when we're not meeting in person. And yeah. so, um, but we'd like to keep everybody up to date on what's going on. So um, today we're going to look at Jonah chapter three, which is. Um, when you think about it in the whole context of the book of Jonah, chapter 3 is one of the weirdest chapters of Scripture, potentially, um, just after chapter 4, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's like chapter 4 is odd uh, on a whole other level, uh, and then chapter 3 is odd taken in context with, with the rest of the book of Jonah. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, really, the whole book is fascinating. It is, yeah. Uh, once you really dig into it, it it's, it's not... Uh, to me, like any other uh, of the canon of Scripture, it's yeah. it's different in every facet possibly. And yeah, those come out. We've already seen that, but <laughs> yeah. those bear out even more. Yeah, these next two and, chapters, uh, yeah. chapter three and chapter four. So the next two messages will really kind of dive into the 
the oddities and the, yeah. the fascinating uh, qualities that those two chapters have. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna read these ten verses and then we'll talk about them. Perfect. Okay. All right, Jonah chapter three, starting in verse one. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. Then he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, By decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them all call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. All right, so um, just to kind of remind ourselves and set the stage, this chapter picks up, um, conceivably, Jonah is still laying on the seashore. He's mm-hmm. been vomited up mm-hmm. from the fish, uh, and Jonah is laying on the beach still. And then God says, hey, get up and go to Nineveh, because that was what God <laughs> said to him last time. Hey, get up and go to Nineveh. And um, and it's almost like, we, we talked about this and touched on it a little bit last week, it's almost like God was saying, Okay, now that that's out of your system, Jonah, mm-hmm. could you go do the thing that I asked you to do? Right. Um, and so let, let's talk about, um, just for a couple of minutes, how God works in spite of Jonah in mm-hmm. this chapter, as we see here. Um, and so how, how, would you, how would you describe that um, to us today? Yeah, I would, I would definitely say, you know, um, you know and, and really how I've heard this preached and taught in other times, you really... Uh, lose sight that really Jonah is the the central like um, uh, really not a pro- protagonist really the an antagonist the of the yeah. of this story. Um, but most of the time we talk about the Ninevites and yeah. and uh, how terrible they were, and God sent this messenger, and he you know he had a little uh, kerfuffle on his way there, <laughs> but he eventually went and did it. Went, yeah. You know, no, I think Jonah is really God uh, dealing with Jonah. Um, uh, in 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 so many ways, and yes, how God de- uh, deals graciously with the Ninevites is huge. Yeah, it's a it's a really important part of this. But if we forget, we'll lose sight of what God is is really helping us see uh, with Jonah. Yeah, and uh, you know this this book is different because. You would expect. I don't want to spoil chapter four you know, completely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I think that's the way the book, uh, the way it's written, really wants you to kind of come to. You know, yeah, the you, tension builds. Yeah. The tension builds, and you think it's going to resolve in one way, but it doesn't. Yeah. It resolves in like yeah, the twist. Yeah, man. And so, um, <laughs> but but what we see here is God dealing with his with his prophet, and um, and, and specifically how he does that. So you know. Um, 
I think I went on a tangent. I don't even exactly remember what you asked me. I think it was somewhat like that. But go. Um, yeah, no, you, you're right. That this book, this book is much more about Jonah and God mm-hmm. than it is about God dealing with the Ninevites. It's mm-hmm. almost like, and th- this is not to belittle the Ninevites, but it's almost like God uses the Ninevites as a tool to get Jonah's attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, we we had talked about potentially, you know, because Jonah was he was a well known prophet prior to the events of yeah. this book, um, and. You almost get the inclination that maybe Jonah had begun to think to himself, "Yeah, you know, I am doing a pretty good work for mm-hmm. God. Man, yeah, God, God should be pleased to have mm-hmm. me on His mm-hmm. team." And and maybe this is this whole um, set of events that surrounds Jonah in this book is God saying, "No, I need you to understand mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. and who I am. You mm-hmm. need to get reacquainted with me, yeah. if you will." Um, and so, so the fact that that God, even though uh, in chapters one and two, there's already been enough drama to create a movie out of just these first two chapters mm-hmm. of Jonah running away from the God who has asked him to do something specifically. Uh, and now we see in this chapter here that God does what he said mm-hmm. he would that they would do, that their evil has that the evil of the Ninevites has come against me and I want you to cry out to them, maybe they'll repent, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that happens here. Yeah. Um, and so God is working in spite of Jonah because I think that another point for us to make here, too, is that the, the Ninevites, it's, it, it, that's the Assyrians. Mm-hmm. So the Assyrians throughout the Old Testament were, they were bad dudes, mm-hmm. if you will, to mm-hmm. use, uh, to, for lack of a better term. Sure. They're bad dudes. And Nineveh is their capital city. Yeah. And so it would be like, this is not a perfect example, but it would be like asking somebody from America to go uh, into uh, Osama bin Laden's capital city, mm-hmm. if you will. That, yeah, that's yeah. kind of like the best sort of example that yeah. I can think of. Hey, go and call out against them and ask mm-hmm. them to repent. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a whole lot of people that are going to volunteer no, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, the, what what I was, the, I guess, the question now to get back to, to get back to it was, um, how is it, or talk about the fact that God is using Jonah, right? To speak to the Ninevites in spite of yes, Jonah. That's it, in yeah. spite of Jonah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you know, it's 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 like Jonah had this idea <laughs> yeah. that he uh, was was special or somehow had God's special desire. You know, so like I think I almost think Jonah is a caricature mm-hmm. of of and I would say men throughout history or, or people throughout yeah. history, but in particular, um, you know, men of men of God, if you will, yeah. like preachers, uh, evangelists, uh, so what, and so forth, you know. So, like, have you, did you ever see um, the adaptation of uh, Martin Luther's story? It's called Luther. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really good It movie. is a good movie, yeah. And what they do is they take the, the uh, cardinal, I think, at that time, or whatever that, that Luther is, Mm-hmm. Constantly coming up against, right. and um, he does a great job because he like he personifies or caricatures his part as like a Southern Baptist preacher. Yeah, have you? Yeah. So you've seen I, that, yeah, right? I've seen what you're talking about. Yeah. And so I almost think Jonah. Sorry for the detour. But I'm going. No, somewhere yeah, that, that makes. Yeah, I think I can see where you're yeah. going here. Yeah. Jonah has is almost like this other caricature. Yeah. Of of guys I know about, and I think it's I think it's really easy like a trap. Many of us could get in as 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 preachers or yeah. pastors, people in ministry. We get into this thought that like, well, God needs me. Mm-hmm. God called me. I'm specially called of God. You know, I have this uh, this um, 
this uh, special standing before him. Yeah. And then, like, we get into this pompous kind of place where we right. think we can do whatever we want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of bring it uh, to, you know, something current today, um, uh, over the weekend, found out about uh, someone I had read a little bit about and listened to speak a couple times who uh, lost his life to a uh, what appears to be an accidental uh, shotgun uh, shooting mm-hmm. uh, where he died from a, uh, an accidental self-inflicted wound is, mm-hmm. is what it looks like. Uh, his name is Darren Patrick. And uh, what's interesting about his story is, is unfortunately, you know, um, the, it ended this way. Yeah. But uh, what's interesting about his story is that recently he had a fall in ministry, which happens a lot. And, and man, I can count like again and again and again, yeah. these falls from ministry that have happened this past couple of years. Right. Like very high profile ones. Well, he, he was one of those. Yeah. And uh, but he was restored recently. And one of the things that he wrote um, through all that is he said, hey, there were several of us young guys that got pushed into celebrity, which may sound odd to you mm-hmm. listening, but there is such a thing as celebrity pastors, which yeah. I have no desire to be. <laughs> yeah. But there is such a thing that happens like that. He says, we were we were taken and we were thrust into celebrity. Uh, we were getting book deals. We're asking to write, people were asking us to write books. Uh, we were pushed into celebrity and fame and money, Mm -hmm. but we were very spiritually immature is what he said. And I think that's what it comes down to Mm. is spiritual immaturity. Yeah. Yeah. um, God was, uh, wanted to use Jonah, called him to be a prophet and he had used him previously. Yeah. But somehow in all that, out of spiritual immaturity, Jonah um, tried to live for himself or live in his own ways. And so, uh, one of the cool things about this story is that time and time again, it's like Jonah is beating his head against the wall. If he would just be obedient and do yeah. what God said, it would have been a lot easier for him. Right. But God patiently and lovingly uses him again and again after he's been trying to run away, run yeah. away, run away. And God uses him again here in this mighty way in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right that, that um, a lot of times we see examples in Scripture where people are asked to do things and and they're hard things it's not they're not they're not easy things to do and yet people get a bad rap like in scripture mm-hmm. um, guys get a, guys and, and ladies also get a bad rap in scripture for it's like oh well if God had asked me to go to Nineveh I'd be there in a heartbeat yeah yeah, yeah right first off um, but secondly let's not get ahead of ourselves here that mm-hmm. that you know for the grace of God we could be in the same shoes as Jonah yeah um, and so I think that it's important to remember that um, that number one, it is good to be obedient to the yeah. Lord. <laughs> number one, but number two, also our disobedience does not thwart God's plan. No, um, is 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 it? Um, d- does God get um, upset or or disheartened by that? I would imagine yes. Mm-hmm. He's asking his his children to be obedient, and they choose to mm-hmm. be disobedient. Um, just the same way that I would with my children. But at the same time, God doesn't say, well, I guess I can't go do that thing I wanted to do now yeah. because Jonah decided not to go do it. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how it works. No. God, God continues to move forward in his plan, uh, and he does that because he wanted to give the Ninevites an opportunity mm-hmm. to repent. And God still wants to give the Ninevites an opportunity to repent, even after Jonah has run away mm-hmm. and um, prayed this hollow prayer. And Yeah, go ahead. Well, and then God wanted to use Jonah to do it. Absolutely. I yeah. think like we've kind of already alluded, 
to teach Jonah something that was in his heart. Yeah. The Lord was was graciously giving an opportunity to correct it. Yeah. The way he goes is like baffling, right. which is what makes four crazy. Chapter Absolutely. four crazy. Yeah, yeah, it does make chapter four crazy. Um, but let, let's talk about, let's sort of um, just take another step forward for a second. Let's talk about this message that God does send to the Ninevites through Jonah. Yeah. Um, the message, it's... First off, it's not all that clear mm-hmm. to begin with. Secondly, it's the shortest sermon ever mm-hmm. preached, I think. Yeah. Um, in Hebrew, it's only five words. Yes. Uh, and so let, talk talk about this message that Jonah delivers to the Ninevites once he finally gets there. Yeah, so there's a lot that we don't know. You would assume that it would have more to it, right? Yeah. You especially would assume that the word repent would be <laughs> right. there, right? Right. But that's not what uh, Jonah says. He says um, in, um, he walks in and he says... Uh, in 40 days, Nineveh will be demolished. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's real grim, right? Yeah. I, if it weren't for understanding where Jonah's attitude was in all this and yeah. what we find his attitude to be in the other end, we may take that differently, right? Yeah. We may just assume, oh, well, he's being obedient to God. He's saying exactly what God wants. Um, you know, it's hard for us to know. It would just be speculation. But I, I feel like he's left something out here. Yeah. And it, it just goes on to further show... God will do what God wants to do, whether we want to do what we should do or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so he, he kind of just says, hey, you guys, uh, 40 days, you're all burning. So, uh, you know, uh, just wanted you to know. Right. You know, and uh, the fact that he was a an Israelite prophet, you know, I mean, and, and, and came into these places, you know, it, it wouldn't have been like... You wouldn't have expected to just like automatically people start turning. Yeah. You would have expected there to, you know, if this, this, they considered this like an omen from their own mm. uh, little G gods, you know, yeah. they would test it against some other uh, ideals and thoughts. You know, you yeah. can read uh, some of their literature and their their, their own proverbs and the religious re- literature they have. The, the way they responded was not how they responded to their own gods doing yeah. this. You know, this was a true working of God in their hearts and lives. And he used this minuscule sermon to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's funny because sometimes preachers think that you have to speak more for <laughs> yeah. people's hearts and lives to change. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say. Yeah. It matters what God speaks into a heart of a life of a person. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and you see the... You see the incredible response of sinners when they are when they encounter the judgment of God against sin. Mm-hmm. Sinners turn from their evil ways. Yes, um, and it's uh, you know I've heard it said before. This is not original to me. I heard some other pastor say this, but that it's it's not hard to get someone saved. It's hard to get them lost. Yeah. So once you realize how lost you are. Mm-hmm. The fact that you need salvation yeah. is a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, but it takes sometimes it takes a long time for people to get to the place where they understand how lost right. they are. Um, and so here, um, you, you see Jonah given this message, and and I would equate it almost to uh, today, like just walking in somewhere and being like, "Hey, you guys are going to hell." Yeah. And, and giving no um, opportunity for repentance, no opportunity for. Um, uh, there to be a change mm-hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. It's just, hey, you're going to hell, man. Yeah. And most people would probably bristle at that. Yeah. Uh, naturally and mm-hmm. probably rightly so. Um, and yet the response that we see uh, starting in verse six of the Ninevites, like it, it gets all the way to the king. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Um, and so it's this incredible response that covers a city, which is a giant city, saying yeah. that it would take three days to walk across this city. Yeah. So it's a huge town. Like right. imagine like New York City, basically, right. that um, this huge city, then the word gets to the king quickly that, mm-hmm. hey, 
we need to do something. Well, it seems like a wave almost. It's yeah. like it trickles. Like it, you know, you would assume like he would just go to the king and then it would trickle down. But that's not how it works. Right. Like uh, a prophet or or an omen or whatever would be spoken at the city gates, and that's why it took so long. Mm-hmm. Is there were like I think twelve or so city gates that he would have to go to, and he'd yeah. have to crisscross and all this different kind of stuff across this big city because mm-hmm. it was. I mean, it was literally the hub of the ba- of Babylon. You know, yeah. and um, and so. Um, you know, but no, he just goes to the gates and it starts trickling through the citizens mm-hmm. and it kind of grows and grows and grows to get to the king. And then he right. makes a decree and a proclamation that everybody has to do that. Even the cows yeah. <laughs> need to sit in some sackcloth and ashes, yeah. right? Which is bizarre, man. I mean, it's right. so bizarre. Like, nowhere else do you see, and like, even in their own literature, this was not a thing, but like, they're even their. Uh, Cows repented, right? You know, <laughs> right? Uh, their livestock bowed the knee before God Almighty, you know. Right. So it's crazy that a five word sermon like turns into this wave of yeah. obedience, yeah, repentance, right? Yeah. You know, and yeah. so, um, crazy, it's a crazy story, right? And I, I think it, it's just it's such an incredible example to us of the fact that God, if he wants people to repent, mm-hmm. that plan cannot be thwarted. Right. It does not matter if God's prophet or messenger is going to choose to disobey mm-hmm. or if it seems like it's the most hopeless group of people. Mm-hmm. God can work through any medium and in any way that mm-hmm. he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's, that's a really vital lesson for mm-hmm. us to learn because I think that, unfortunately, a lot of times for us as, as American Christians, we have put ourselves in this position where we think, well, I'm not going to share with them. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're too far gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that too far gone is an understatement for the Ninevites. Oh, yeah. You know, and yet God does this incredibly miraculous work where the entire city mm-hmm. repents, including the livestock. Yeah. <laughs> I know? mean, it's just, yeah. It, it's, this, it's this incredible thing, and it, I think it speaks to God's sovereignty for us mm-hmm. uh, to see how, how God works in, this, in, in incredible ways. Um, so as we sort of tie, it's almost like this is like part one and part two, mm-hmm. ch- chapters three and four. Um, but if we, if we were to want to sort of tie up part one of this, uh, where God relents of his, of this disaster, mm-hmm. he did what he said he was going to do. Yeah. He gave him an opportunity to repent and they repented. Mm-hmm. How would you sort of sum up sort of the lesson for us in, in Jonah chapter three? Yeah. I mean, um, God, God is loving and kind and gracious, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that he relents because these people turn from their evil way. I right. think that's huge, man. Uh, the implications of that and the go- like the gospel that's in there, you yeah. know, that um, uh, because uh, we would turn from our ways and turn to Christ, mm-hmm. we can have uh, ultimate, and we don't know that they, you know, worshiped Yahweh after this, but we, right. we know that they, for this moment, said, hey, mm-hmm. we're repenting of our evil way. And because of that, God was good and gracious. Yeah. You know, God is good and gracious because of his um, willingness to use his man, Jonah, yeah. right, in spite of him. Absolutely. Know? God is good and gracious. I think that's the, the, the key phrase throughout all this, man, is yeah. that, you know, um, uh, yes, obedience is important. Yeah. We see the importance of obedience. In fact, God wants us to be obedient, right? Mm-hmm. But God is good and gracious, yeah. right, to give us ample opportunity 
to find uh, forgiveness and salvation in him. Jonah said it himself in the belly of the fish. He says, yeah. salvation belongs to the Lord. Yeah. And so my, my key phrase for this whole book, though it has all these weird nuances and makes it very interesting and, and different than all, but to me the key phrase of the whole thing is salvation belongs mm-hmm. to the Lord. Yeah. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah's salvation belongs to the Lord. The, sa- the sailor's salvation mm-hmm. belongs to the Lord. The Ninevites' salvation belongs to the Lord. And your salvation and my salvation and those, uh, uh, the salvation of those who are listening, yeah. it does not belong to you. Right. It belongs to the Lord, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, the Lord wants us to follow Him. The Lord wants us to lean into Him. The Lord wants our hearts, like we talked about uh, in last week's sermon. Yeah. But... Um, but ultimately salvation is his. Mm. So that's such, such great words, man. I think you're so right that, um, that we do see God's grace and love in this over and over again. I mean, we, God had every right to say, you know what, Jonah, you're done here. Yeah. Just come on home. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yet he gives him opportunity after opportunity to Mm -hmm. continue to be his man in this situation. So I think you're right. Um, well, I think that let's pause right here then, uh, because this is really, this this chapter makes a lot more sense after we read chapter four. It really does, yeah. Uh, and so uh, that's going to end our time for together for this week. But we would love to know what are your thoughts on the fact that God is in control of all things, um, that he's sovereign, but that also he's loving and that he's gracious to us uh, and that salvation belongs to him and him alone. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life, or you could comment on this YouTube video, or you can email us. I am Jason at lafayettefirst.life. I'm Derek, Derek at Lafayettefirst. That's D-E-R-R-I-C-K. That's the, right. the right that's way to spell it. The right Derek. way. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, and so we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek. And we appreciate you tuning into the Path Podcast. We will see you next time.